Hi, I'm Matt Pacilli with the Virginia State Golf Association, and welcome to our Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. This week, we're talking with a former VSGA member who grew up playing golf on the south side of Richmond at Brander Mill Country Club and Clover Hill High School, and then went on as a member of the James Madison golf team but has since moved about as far west as you can get in the continental United States and to one of the most beautiful resorts in the country, if not the world, at Bandon Dunes. We're talking with PGA professional Michael Chupka, who grew up in the game in Virginia and is now the director of communications for Bandon Dunes Golf Resort in Southwest Oregon. So without further introduction, here's my conversation with Michael Chupka. Michael Chupka, thank you for taking the time to join us on the VSGA's Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. For those who don't know you, now some people in Virginia are going to know you probably from your playing days in VSGA events and your time growing up in Virginia, but tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, Michael Chupka here at Bandon uh, Dunes Golf Resort, where I work. I'm currently the director of communications, but uh, it was quite the journey to get out this way. Uh, as you said, long history of of playing golf and growing up playing golf in the state of Virginia. I grew up on the south side of Richmond. Uh, my family were members at Brandon Mill Country Club, and our house was just to the left of the fairway bunker, about 150 yards out on the second hole. So. I grew up in and around the game when I was, my, I mean, my daycare was at Brandon Mill Country Club. So when I the bus, I hopped over to the daycare and then the pros that Brandon Mill during those years were bombed down in a cart, picked me up and take me over to a sand bunker versus a sandbox. And, um, you know, it's just been a part of my life forever going out on the second hole and sneaking out in between groups to, to play and, um, amazing memories of growing up and playing golf in and around Virginia. Um, played high school golf at Clover Hill High School, played um, collegially at JMU from 2003 through 2007. And I worked at Independence Golf Club uh, for the Robbins Junior Camp, which got me kind of going down this journey and getting and got me tied in with banding because at the time, Independence was managed by Kemper Sports, which is the management company for Bandon Dunes. So threw some lines in the water um, on careers and different options coming out of school. Uh, and Bandon was um, a place that raised their hand and, and took a chance on me coming out as an intern. And it's it's just been a long journey since then. But, you know, moving from intern to head golf professional at Pacific Dunes and um, I've been here at Bandit for 13 years now and it's a journey. Wow. There's so much to get into related to Bandon and its sort of status as one of the most, I don't know, maybe like coveted or, or desired trips to make in America of experiencing all that the property has to offer, which I'm sure you've had in your position of director of communications, a lot to do with. Um, before we get to that, I'm curious was, so you grew up on, on the left side of, I've probably on the left side of number two at Brander Mill Country Club. I'm a member at Brander Mill. I've probably hit that house uh, <laughs> with, a, with a hook off of the tee. Did, you got into golf just right through being right there. Is that is that it? Tell us a little bit about 
just sort of getting deeper and deeper into the golf journey? Yeah, well, my dad's an avid golfer, uh, loves the game, um, and probably, you know, has played throughout, you know, my my whole up, upbringing and anywhere from like a 10 to 15 handicap. So, you know, joining him and going out and playing rounds in a brand mill and, you know, you speak about that house being hit. Um, it had, when, when I was living there, it had been hit plenty of times. We even put one of those fake golf balls out on our our uh, Florida room window to get people all riled up when they come by and make it look like there's a golf ball stuck in the window. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I, I beat my dad on nine holes at Bandon or geez, Bandon, Brander mill um, and posting the scorecard, you know, out on that window. So every, everybody else that could come through uh, could see that I had finally clipped my dad in a round. So yeah, amazing memories of growing up at Brandon mill. Um, you know, I learned the game from TJ Baggett, who was uh, uh, an assistant there at Brandon mill at the time, as well as Tim white. And um yeah, just just some amazing memories of of getting hooked on the game. Yeah, TJ's now the head pro at the Pete Dye River Course of Virginia Tech. Um, yep. It's, when I visited with him in the fall, it was fascinating to hear of his journey through Brander Mill. And then when I became connected with you, fascinating to hear about your journey through Brander Mill and just the other people who have who have come through here. Did you know? At what point did you get competitive and realize that you wanted to play college golf? There was an amazing junior program at Brandemol, you know, when I was growing up, and there was a lot of, of players that were were coming through the club in and around that same time period. So there was always just that competitive nature in and around the club for the juniors. And TJ and Tim both a lot of props in the sense of, you know, creating that atmosphere where golf was fun and, and competitive in and at the same time. And we've just grew up playing every single day, you know, mm-hmm. hopping out on the golf course or joining up with some friends that were coming through the second hole and playing the rest of the round. And so, you know, Brandon was just such a, a breeding ground for that at the time. And, um, playing in junior, I'm trying to recall the year that I played in my first, you know, VSGA junior, state it was out at uh at virginia tech's course there in roanoke and um it was i mean i was young i think there was four people that were in our our age group and i finished third you know shooting somewhere in the 50s and um so i I played competitive at at a young age and then in high school it, it really went to another level um at clover hill with our team and being a competitive state team and my senior year finishing all state and um and that really opened the door and the opportunity to being able to go and play at JMU and play at that at that level. And the goal is always to uh, you know, make it to tour and and having those dreams and aspirations. And um the further you start to climb up the ladder, you start to realize how many amazing golfers there are out there and how how competitive it truly can get. So I knew I wanted to be in and around golf at some point, you know, in some fashion. Um throughout my career. I love the game that much, but, um, unfortunately playing wasn't the, uh, wasn't the avenue I took. And so, so you go to JMU and I'm guessing based on your job title now, and I could be wrong. I'm going to guess though, that you studied communications. Marketing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Marketing with, yeah. Focus in communications as well. Okay. And then, so you come out of, you come out of JMU and, you know, you've got your degree in marketing. Are you thinking about uh, 
PGA at that point that you're going to go for the, uh, the, through the PGA program or what, what sort of direction did you have in mind? I, I hadn't been thinking PGA at that time period. Um, it was, that was purely exploratory at that, at that point and kind of throwing as many lines in the water as I possibly could to see which avenue I was going to enjoy and, and kind of, you know, what path I wanted to go on. So coming out of JMU and, you know, there was an opportunity to work with the drive chip and putt and bouncing around and helping run some of the regional events. That was kind of a front runner opportunity, but it was only, I think about a three month, um, three month thing coming out of school. Um, and then there was also the internship at Band of Dunes and, um, that was a six month internship. For me, playing competitive golf at JMU, you know, we traveled all up and down the East Coast and all over the place, um, which I certainly enjoyed doing. But there was an element of some of my college roommates not being on the golf team and being able to study and take a trip abroad that seemed intriguing and, and kind of appealing to me. So both of those opportunities was like, I, I feel like I could scratch that itch still working and around the game and learn a little bit about myself to, to find out if working in a golf facility was what I wanted to do. And it, at Brandwell, you know, I was, um, out front working, um, uh, you know, kind of member services and helping there, but coming out to Bandon was going to be that opportunity to get a full scope of, you know, a massive operation and really see if working on the, uh, green grass side of things was, was something that appealed to me and I knew of the reputation of Bandon and it seemed like a six month opportunity to kind of avoid the real world. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm going to come out, I'm going to make just enough money to survive. I'm going to get to play some amazing golf. I'm going to get to learn a little bit about myself and whether this is the avenue I want to go into, or if I want to go into thing and think about working for you know some company that's in and around golf, but for their marketing team. And, um, I remember that conversation with my parents, which was, we still laugh about it because it was like, wait a minute, you, you just graduated with a four-year degree and you're going to go out and you're bouncing around and you're going to be working in the golf shop and caddy service. It like, doesn't seem like there's a lot of marketing, it's not like tailored to your, your marketing degree. It's like, well, you know, let's just, I want to see what this is all about. And it's temporary. I'll be back, you know, I'll be back to Virginia and, um, six months, you know, about four months into it, I was like, I love this place and I'm just enamored by it and, um, being introduced to Lynx golf and, you know, just the creativity in and around that really like, opened my eyes to, to the, playing the game and, you know, being a field player versus trying to be a perfectionist. And so I was really resonating with what Bandon was providing and then, uh, the people I was working with and just the, the culture in and around the resort as well, like hooked me. And I was like, I got to figure out how to here. So, um, golf operations was the opportunity that presented itself. And I started working on my PGA books then at that point to become a PGA member and working up through a, as an assistant, a golf shop assistant, the first assistant at Pacific, and, and then eventually the head professional at Pacific Dunes for about five years of my 13 years here. So. So you went out to Bandon in 2007, 2008-ish. 
how many there's five courses there now correct mm-hmm. how many courses were there at that time trails banyan trails which was designed by corn crenshaw was kind of the, the new shiny toy uh, it opened in 2005 so then you know i again the majority of my time i worked at pacific dunes which was designed and by doke and and opened in 2001 but right next to pacific there was already talks and and kind of whispers about a new golf course that was going to be going in over there which ended up being old mcdonald and old Mac, old mcdonald opened up in 2010 um two years later the band and preserve which is our, our 13 hole par three course and kind of our course with the mission that gives back to the, the local economy and environmental initiatives that opened in, in 2012 but also a core crenshaw course and and there's always been something. It's 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 certainly an appealing part of, it, especially in now being on the marketing team. There's always something new. There's projects to go on the front burner, and then back to the back burner, and then back to the front burner again. So um, it keeps us on our toes, and and just the resort continues to grow. It's it's been a wild, wild ride. Um, Sheep Ranch last year, you know. Mm-hmm. 2020 that was a project that kind of got going in and around 2017 and 18 and you know there's uh, new rooms that are being built right now and there's always a story to tell so it's such a big place and a lot of fun you know a lot of people probably think for those who have who have been there you could come away with the perspective of well it's so beautiful Michael probably has the easiest job in the world. The place sells itself. And it seems certainly that anyone who goes there is sort of like a convert and becomes an ambassador for Band and Dunes. Why is that? What is so special about the area? Uh, paint the picture the best you can for us in this, you know, this podcast format that we have. Sure. Yeah. Um, it, that, that picture could be painted in so many different forms, whether it's, you know, podcasts or just imagery or videography or, you know, whatever it is that we're working on and which is why it's fun to be on this team. Um, it's, there's an element of the journey, you know, that I think everybody is, you know, there's just a connection to that, that you can't necessarily hop in your car and just, take a couple turns and you're there abandoned. So there's that sense of like pilgrimage and journey that, that I think really connects people and gets them Jones and excited about it. Uh, no doubt the natural beauty of the place. Um, it's just, it's all inspiring. You know, I remember hopping off the plane for the first time and just getting a breath of the air and Oregon to be like, this seems different, you know? Mm-hmm. And then taking in and like looking at the evergreen trees and then like seeing the coastline for the first time, it just is, it's, it's a different, it's just a different wavelength than, you know, and Virginia is absolutely gorgeous and, you know, in the fall and it's got its own charm and its own beauty to it as well. But I just never seen anything like Oregon when I first got out here. So I think that's something that people really resonate with. Um, the fact that it's authentic links golf um, is also another thing that, I think is is what people connect with. It, it's not contrived. Um, it's not something that aesthetically looks linksy, but it doesn't play linksy. You, you deal with the conditions. You deal with Mother Nature. Uh, it's fescue grass. It plays fast and firm. 
So it just feels when you step on property that it's been there for hundreds of years and you're in the British Isles and, and it just resonates in that. And it's something that feels very, very pure that I think people connect with. Um, and then the team, you know, the um, Bandon, for instance, we've got three, 4,000 people that probably live in the town of Bandon and then Coos Bay, North Bend, where a lot of people will fly into is about 30 minutes north. And there's maybe 20,000 people that live up there. And, you know, so it's, it's a small town feel. It's a small town vibe. Um, most of the, everybody that works here is, is either, you know, they've been in and around here or they've, they've, you know, acclimated to the small town, slower paced lifestyle. And it's just something that I think resonates with our guests that, that we're not over the top, you know, we're not trying to be this extravagant place that as soon as your car pulls up, we're there opening your trunk and pulling your clubs out and, and taking you there. You know, it's, it's about providing the right service at the right time and being able to answer the questions that, that come across our table, but doing it in a minimalistic way um, that I think a lot of people resonate with as well. It's like, when you have a question, we're ready to answer it, but we're not there to answer your questions before they even pop up in your brain. So there's, there's that element of us complimenting the golf experience and complimenting what Bandon's all about rather than trying to be the story, you know, and, and uh, you know, really, I guess, try to elevate over what, what it's like. We want people to connect with nature. We want people to feel like they're, they're out there with their friends and they're enjoying a game that they love and they're getting away from the hustle and bustle of their own lives. And um, we just do our, you know, the best job that we can to, to help complement that. Yeah. I mean, you've certainly created what sounds like an experience, but also sort of a brand in the way that people who have come and gone from there, then take that with them and represent that out to others about what the experience is going to be like. What does your day to day look like in terms of the things that you experience there? Um, I, I kind of, I see this circle, right. And there's this floating above me and there's a million tickets and I never know which ticket is necessarily going to fall on the table at any particular time. So there's, there's not a lot of, and there's certainly elements of the job that are repetitive and, you know, reporting and, you know, building out our social media calendar and working with our team on different projects. But, uh, every day is something different. It's a different opportunity or a different um, you know, story to tell or wherever it's at or a different goal that we're really trying to focus in on. So our marketing team is, uh, it, it's fun in that realm that it doesn't feel repetitive and we're constantly problem solving and thinking about the experience and how do we not, not only just tell that, but how do we improve it? Uh, how do we educate people about what Bandit's all about prior to them getting here so that it makes the, um, the job that our operations team has to do that much easier because they're dealing with people that understand band and they resonate with it. They get it. Um, it's, it's tough to put, you know, finger on exactly what we're doing and from day in and day out, what we, what we were just working on was kind of talking about some of our environmental initiatives in and around April and Earth Day. So we, we got connected with our agronomy team to talk about all the different initiatives and, certifications and awards and things that they focus on around the environment and 
certainly near and dear to um, to our owners, the Kaiser family as well. So building out the story around that and and, and showcasing that, and then on Earth Day we launched um, a, a new water bottle program where we eliminated plastic water bottles on property. Um, we're working with two partners, Freshwater Trust and Yeti, uh, to provide water water bottles, basically uh, Yeti bottles at cost for our guests when they come on property. Um, and then we put in a bunch of different water stations. So kind of telling that story, shooting the photography for it, building out all the different messages across social media and our website and the blog and and really wrapping wrapping it all together was the last project that we just put on. Well, you've done it all in such an authentic way. And I think that's what people appreciate. And that's kind of what they remember is, is all those components of the experience that makes the experience what it was. A couple of th- quick things before we wrap up. Talk a little bit more about the mission-driven course and, and what that does. Sure. So yeah, Abandoned Preserve in 2012. Um, it's a 13 hole bar three course. Um, Mr. Kaiser's only direction to to build Ben was that every par three on the course should be able to live and exist on one of the 18 hole courses. So not necessarily length or related, but just um, design and aesthetics and and you know thinking about that. That was that was really the main sense of the direction that he gave. Um, with when designing the course, um, we call it our course of the mission because all the net proceeds from the preserve, from the green fees, goes to the Wild Rivers Coast Alliance, which is the grant making department of the resort. And the WRCA then in turn takes those net proceeds and, um, you know, kind of fuels the South Coast with different environmental initiatives and economy and community initiatives. Um, a lot of what we've been doing the past year is really focusing in on COVID and everything that's been going on with that and making food banks on the South coast and different entities that, that needed help were able to get that. So WRCA is, um, this is such an amazing element of the, of the resort and, and what they're able to achieve in order to, to showcase how the resort is having a positive impact in and around our community and environment. Yeah, I mean to be such a such a big draw to the area, and then also to employ as many folks as you have. That's awesome to be able to to give back into the into the communities like that. One fun event that I don't know that any of us will have the opportunity to get on the invitation list, but the summer solstice uh, event. Talk a little bit about that. For I don't know how many people would know about that, but talk a little bit about that event. Well, you, you can sign up to be on the, the station list. So that's just a matter of calling our reservations team and saying that, that you want to get your email um, on that invite list. And it continues to grow. Um, it started, I want to say we're in our seventh year, maybe our eighth year of the solstice, 72 holes in a day. Um, it's grown to about 100. We get about 120 or 140 people through the event um tea time start at 5 15 in the morning on all four courses and then they rotate around and uh over the i think it was last year that we we finally said the mix of solsticers and then you know uh, our, our regular guest 
it's just a different vibe. It's a, it's a completely different element. The people that are coming for the solstice are, they, they just have a different energy to them. Um, and, you know, like we have hardcore diehard golfers that are coming to the resort and know that they're signing up for 36 holes and they know that they're walking. And, but the solstices are just, this is a crazy breed, you know. I think I have to relate them to like marathoners because it's basically what they're doing. You know, they're they're out there and they're walking four courses in a day and pretty close to about 25, 26 miles when it's all said and done. Um, they get going at five in the morning, like I was mentioning. They're playing until eight or nine at night. Um, it fills up so quickly. Uh, legacy groups that have played in it for every single year have been grandfathered in. But as it's grown, we've been able to kind of open it up a little bit more and give people a chance. And I think this past year it booked, we basically sent out an invitation saying, here's how you go in about registering. And we, we treat it like a um, concert tickets, basically, where you would, as quick as to the draw, if you're logged in at 7 a.m. and you're ready to sign up for it, if you can get to that checkout button prior to and if everybody else and you're going to be able to hold your spot, I think it booked up in like three minutes this past year. Oh my gosh. Crazy. And it's for some, for some people, it's like a one and done. I want to check the box and say that I did it. Um, you know, for other people it's like their annual pilgrimage and they just love to play fast. I'd say they average in about a three hour round of golf and you know, throughout the, the four rounds. So they, they start off extremely fast and then slow down throughout the day. But yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing event. A lot of fun. As we wrap up, tell me, coming back to Virginia, what are some of your favorite courses in Virginia? Golly, I haven't played a lot of golf in Virginia um, since going back. They, My parents did just move uh, from Richmond down to Lake Gaston. So it was always fun to get back and, and to be able to, bomb around Brandermoen and play around a golf there. And um, I know there's been some new courses that have been built and, you know, I've heard positive things getting over the the foundry. I think the last time I played the foundry was actually in a speed golf event um, that the Tattersalls hosted a number of years back and um, amazing course and, and great venue. And I never, I've never played Kenlock in and around the Richmond area, but um you know, Valley Hack and some of the courses up in Nova as well. There's some amazing golf in Virginia. Do you have, who are the, name drop a couple of celebrities or golf folks who have come through Bandon that you've had the opportunity to meet that you just had to pinch yourself or thought, wow, this is this is really special? Um, Man, we've... Everybody from like, you know, the like Clint Eastwoods and the... You know, the um, Patrick Mahomes and Marion Rodgers and Steph Curry. And um, we do a really good job of, of making it feel like a vacation for them, too. You know, it's, it's very rare that the marketing team or um, what we're doing on social where we're trying to, you know, collab or partner with somebody like that that's coming through. We want them more so to just feel like it's a, a reprieve and a place that they can kind of get away from from being an A-lister or C-lister or whomever it is. Um, the people that like in and on a marketing realm, Ashley Mayo from, from Golf Mag was just here as well as Kira Dixon who works with Golf Channel and 
bounces around all the different tour events. Uh, they were just here this past week. So um, our team really works and, and partners with uh, people in the golf space that are hmm. golf stories and are, are working hard to grow the golf game. We don't really go outside of that. Yeah. And didn't Ashley go to UVA? She's like UVA. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And now she's, she's done well for herself in the golf industry. And, but Michael, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Enjoy all that you do at Band and Dunes. I know that uh, I'm sure we have a lot of folks that are interested and excited to one day get out there and experience all that the property and the courses have to offer. And Thank you for sharing that story with us here in Virginia. It's great to catch up. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Golf in the Commonwealth. And big thanks to Michael Chupka. I hope you'll take a second and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. And please rate us and leave a review. VSGA Championship and event season is here. And you'll need an active handicap index to play in a VSGA event. So remember to visit your VSGA member club to renew your VSGA membership for 2021 or visit vsga.org and renew online. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the fairway soon.